Hey, what's going on, guys? On this episode of Drugs and Stuff, we are going to discuss one of the most popular oral steroids, oxandrolone, or better known as Anivar or VAR. We're going to talk about dosing, uh, duration, male use, female use. We'll talk about side effects and a bunch more. There'll be timestamps below. It's like the first 20 minutes. And then after that, we're going to tackle your listener questions. If you want to take part in the next show, then comment below, plus comments, likes, all that stuff. It helps boost us in the algorithm. This week, does our response to compounds change over the years? Is veterinary EQ worth it when it's only 50 milligrams per milliliter? Low doses of multiple compounds, in this case, SARMs, versus more of just one? What do we think about a test sip, DECA, and Anivar cycle? Building a cycle for strongman competition. Plus, I asked Dave the important question, uh, if you could be any kind of animal in the world, what kind of animal would you be? (laughs) All of that and a bunch more. We're going to do it right now here on Drugs and Stuff. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to Drugs and Stuff with Dave Crossland. I'm sc- <laughs> try that one more time. Hey, guys, welcome back to Drugs and Stuff with Dave Crossland. <laughs> I'm Scott McNally. All of our programming is brought to you by TrueNutrition.com. You can use our code THINK for additional savings. Hit me up if you have any questions about their products. They just did a big uh, site relaunch. Everything looks really cool over there, so check them out. We're also brought to you by Eval bloodanalysis.com. You can get all your lab work done by Dave. If you're in the UK, go check them out and go to uh, Strom Sports Nutrition if you're in the UK as well. Lots of great health supplements over there. They've got some performance supplements uh, and some really great health stacks, especially for you guys on gear. You're going to need to hit up Strom. Dave, what's going on, Uh man? Not much. Just uh, counting the days before I go on holiday. Really? You're going to Prague, right? Yeah. Nice, nice. Oh, I want to tell everybody, guys, today we're going to talk about Anivar. We're going to do like a basically a a review of Anivar. We did a profile episode some time back, a couple of years ago, and we've been getting a lot more questions about it. So that's what our goal is today. Uh, before that, though, Dave, what's, what's in Prague? I'm going to Prague for the Christmas market. It's only going there for two, three days. Um, oh. And then December 14th, I go to Jamaica for two weeks. Oh, Jamaica's not far from me, relative it's, to it's the UK. It's far enough. It's far <laughs> enough. Uh, I was, I believe, conceived in Jamaica, actually. I'm not going to Jamaica now. You just ruined it for me. <laughs> you can think about me being born. You can no. think about my parents no. having sex. Oh, you ruined my Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyway, um, we'll look forward to that, man. That'll be good. You need you need a break. I know you've been working hard at Eval and everything. Oh, welcome, Christmas Cabbage. Good to have you on the show. Ooh, that was a little loud. A little loud. Sorry, guys. Um, all right. So anyway, Anivar. We've talked about it before, but it, it, let's revisit that one um, because it it is. It is a really solid steroid, if you ask me. There's a lot of uses for it. Um, both This is a compound that both men and women get a lot of benefit from. It's, in fact, a real popular compound for females. Uh, but just to start us out, uh, let's, what, are, what are the basics of Anivar, Dave? I mean, uh, drug family, DHT, right? Don't do drugs, they're bad for you. I, I'm not comfortable with this promoting of drug use, Scott. It, it's just wrong. This is for educational purposes only. In no way do we condone or celebrate the use of anabolic steroids or any other drugs. So we won't discuss dosings then? Well, we want to keep people educated. Yeah, it's DHT, um, oral. 
Um, one of the reasons why it's popular with both males, well, with females, is it's got very low virilization properties. Pretty much based because its androgenic value is virtually fucking nothing. It's, I think it's something like 20s against a, an anabolic of three to 600, if I remember rightly. Okay. I can't remember. I think it's about that. Yeah. Uh, Half-Life 9 Hours. Um, I mean, like all orals, there's always the potential issues of... I mean, you're going to see liver enzymes, right? You're going to see some stress in the liver, but that's just the par for taking an oral medication of that nature. Yeah. Um, there's, I think... I mean, we've spoken about this in the past, but I think orals get a bad rap for liver toxicity, and I'm, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying they're liver safe, they're not, they do stress the liver, but if you're not an idiot with them, mm. it will cope very well. But obviously the the big downside from a muscle growth point of view is if it starts to hit your appetite, because mm. at the end of the day, you need to eat to grow. Yeah. Um, and, wow, I mean, what really is there much to say about it? Um, well, it doesn't aromatize to estrogen. Yeah. Hence being a DHT. Um, it has some anti-estrogenic property. Uh, it's not pronounced, but that's a, a, a smaller... Obviously, stuff like Primo and Mastron are much more pronounced in their anti-estrogenic properties. Uh, Anavise, not so much. There is some dispute over... So it's been suggested that it will increase the conversion of T4 to T3. Hmm. I'd never heard that. Um, I don't know how substantiated this is. I've never bothered to look into it because even if it did, its impact is not particularly massive. But anecdotally, a lot of people report almost a fat loss action through Anavar, and that's supposedly the mechanism at play. Yeah, that it heightens T three levels, okay. and therefore you get that, a higher met metabolism. That would make sense. I've seen that. You know, when you just read like steroid profiles online, I've mm -hmm. seen you know Anavar is one of the steroids that can actually burn fat. But in in real world, I don't think I've ever added Anavar to a program and then being like, oh wow, this person is all of a sudden losing a lot of fat. You know what I mean? No, I mean if I if I was looking at fat burners, there definitely would be Anavar at the top of my fucking list. There's, there's quite right. a few drugs in front of that one. You know? Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, how, how, how much that pans out in real world, I, I, I really aren't sure. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's supposed to, to be some, some fat loss properties there. Um, I mean, it's got this reputation of being female friendly and as Victoria's commented on several times, it is not necessarily a drug that females get on with. Not all of them. Uh, but, I mean, I, you probably know more about that than me because you've discussed it with Vic. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's what a lot of females will turn to as a first oral. Yeah. Uh, and in general, it's not a bad oral. But it's not a guarantee that as a female you're going to get on with it. It can cause some issues um, within female. But in general, it's quite well tolerated. It, it, it doesn't seem to really bother people too much. Yeah. Yeah. I, I Okay. So application, I think one of the questions people will be asking, people who were newer to Anavar, they'd be asking, well, Dave, are we going to use this for a cut cycle or are we going to use this for an off-season growing cycle? 
You could potentially use it for both. The issue with oxandrolone is because it doesn't convert to estrogen. If you used it as a standalone product, for example, in a bulk, you are going to lower your estrogen levels, which in turn will restrict your growth ability. Yeah. So it's generally popular in a cut setup. For the simple reason is one, it doesn't create estrogen, which is beneficial in a cut. And two, the lowering of estrogen is not as much as a concern because you're looking at more stabilizing muscle tissue than you are actually trying to get a large amount of growth out of it. Your, what we'd regard as wet drugs, so your drugs that convert to estrogen, are your bulk master drugs. They're the drugs that are more suited to overall bulking if you have the health markers and the body type to use those sort of drugs. Uh, yeah. Your diet drugs, your DHT, though they can be used off-season, and obviously we see a lot of people now with a, a medium test base and high mass or high primo, they're not going to create massive amounts of off-season mass. So they are going to be much more of a slow burner in a bulk, bulk setup. Yeah. Um, also, much it, less sides, right? Yes, yes, true. There is that side of it as well. Um with a nine-hour half-life, you're going to get quite a rapid action, so it is viable as almost a pre-workout. Yeah, I don't like it as a pre-workout, and this is just my experience. So something like a, a D-ball, I've seen really work well as a pre-workout, um, and this is this has nothing to do with like me saying because of the half-life D-ball, like because also like Halo for me, great pre-workout. You know, it's got that really strong androgenic, like just Halo anger that just makes you tear up the weight room. Methyltren, another one. Anivar for me, the times I've used it, it always has seemed to take a period of time before I notice the difference. Whereas I can get like an instant D-ball kick, you know. I, I don't think you're going to get much from Anavar from a point of view of, like you said, like you do with stuff like uh, check drops or, or anything yeah. about, you know, Halo. Oxy. You're not going to get, yeah, you're not going to get an addressing kick. If The main thing you're probably going to see is is slightly better pumps of one for a, a, a simple mm. of it all. Um, I mean, Oxy's beautiful for that as a pre-workout. Oxy and Anavar combined actually is a, a nice little stack. I like the sounds of that. Mm. It's yes. also known for um, helping with uh, improving creatine storage, isn't it? I believe so. Yes, yeah. it's and and I believe it has some properties on uh, recovery, uh, as in like surgical injury recovery. Oh stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. It, so it increases collagen synthesis. Some some steroids <laughs> do. Some steroids don't. As far as I know, the main ones that will increase collagen synthesis are Equipoise, Deca, or Nandrolone, and Anivar. The three of those. I mean, Deca is the daddy. I think Deca is the one that everybody sort of knows about. People aren't as familiar as the effect of EQ or or Anivar in in those areas. But, yeah, I mean, it's, you know what? It's not a bad little drug. No, it's really not. And the, 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 the side effects aren't terrible. But what about this, Dave? Availability. I feel like Anavar is something that, through my experience, I found it to be... It's harder to find real good Anavar, and I've seen well, fakes from time to time. The, the, the problem is financial. It's purely money-based. Any mm. drug whose raw compound is expensive so, Primo, Mast, Anavar, Tren, 
all expensive roars. As a result, they're more likely to be faked by a supplier because the manufacturing costs are higher and therefore they want a cheaper alternative to maximize profit. Yeah. Where Trend gets sort of saved a bit is Trend has a very distinct coloring. Mm. It's usually fucking glow-in-the-dark orange. And so... <laughs> So it's for most people, if you see a, a, a test-colored trend, the first thing they're going to say is, that's not fucking trend, I'm not taking that. Yeah, I have heard uh, people say that. Yeah, so so it's harder for a manufacturer to fake trend because of the color distinctions. So they tend to be relatively genuine with that. And trend is so distinct in its effects. Yeah. You're not going to take 300 mega test and think, you know, oh, this is strong trend. You're going to be like, oh, this doesn't feel right. This isn't what trend feels like. Yeah. So, you know, it's very identical. But when you start looking at Mast and Primo and, and Anavar, not quite as simple. I mean, t is another one that gets faked a lot, but that's usually an availability issue rather than a cost issue. Yeah. Because it's just not a popular drug. So Raws can be a bit harder to get your hands on. So, and I'll mention really quick for anybody who's newer to our content, uh, Dave is an expert witness for the court system in the UK when somebody gets arrested for anabolic steroids. They test all the gear to determine what the compounds actually are. Can you recall offhand if you have seen products that were labeled as Anavar not being Anavar that were actually proven? Yeah, regularly. Regularly. Okay. There is one thing about Anavar which I just just remembered. So um, we talk about anabolics having a negative impact on cholesterol and lipids, particularly yes. on lowering HDL. Yes. Orals, orals are particularly nasty for lowering HDL. Where Anavar is a bit of a git is it's one of the few steroids that actually increases LDL. Oh, um, okay. And I think it's about 30% once you get around 40, 50 milligrams. Okay, wow. So And it will still yeah, crush HDL too. So It will as well. So it's a double whammy. Yeah, so it is a little bit of a git from that point of view. Um, so there's just something to bear in mind. If your LDL spikes when you're on Anavar, you, you know what's behind it. It's exactly the drug. Yeah. Okay, so dosing and uh, duration of use. For males, let's start there. And let's also talk females too for our female listeners. Well, I would say, you know, a packet a day for, for men. and A packet? Yeah, just a What's full a packet? packet. A full packet? Yeah, a full packet, yeah. <laughs> How many milligrams is in a full packet, Dave? I don't know. How big is your packet? <laughs> just whatever it is, though. Just commit. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, don't fuck about. Get it done. Um, no, okay. I mean, your females would generally be 10 to 30 milligrams. Most females are going to be starting around the 10 point, some 20. You're going to be a bit more of an experienced user, I would have thought, if you're moving up to into the 30s. Though I have no females use a lot more. And other uh, compounds, you know. So. Yeah, yeah. Male-wise, I would say oral only, I think there'll be not much point going much lower than 50. Yeah, if it's an only oral-only cycle... I would agree. Would you notice some difference with 25? Yeah. Yeah. You would get more pumps and your better performance. But at the end of the day, how much muscle are you really going to uh, accrue from that? Not not a lot, in my opinion, in my experience. No. And, and particularly when you're talking about, you know, it's a nine hour half-life. So you are only getting it in your system for 
you know, just under, well, uh, just just over a third of the day, really. So, um, <coughs> yeah, um, if, plus if it's only, I would go single dose. Um, I'm not a big, big believer in breaking orals up into split doses. And a lot of people want to do it because they're half-life, but you just don't create a big enough peak in your bloodstream. Hmm. Um, but, I mean, I have... I would have said for sensible use, 100 is probably going to be your top out. Yeah, I've, I, I would I've go gone, there. I've gone as high as 200. Um, and it, a lot. There is, it is a lot. And it's not that it's... If you want to take 200 milligram of a steroid, then an oral application is definitely not the best way of putting it into your body. You're much better moving to an injectable type yeah. of drug. Yeah, and then duration, um, duration on these things yeah. for for men and women. Um, you could push the what the the problem really with Anavari if it's used as a single drug. I I wouldn't be particularly. I wouldn't say because people go, oh, it's liver toxicity. That's what you need to be worried about. And to be honest, I I wouldn't be concerned at ten weeks of of Anavar from a liver toxicity point of view, what I'd be concerned about as a single drug this is, is the low estrogen. Hmm. Um, so I think that limits it as a standalone to sort of six, eight weeks um, because of that steady decline in estrogen you're going to see. Yeah, I, I'd go uh, for six. I'd go for yeah. six and I'd evaluate as I went too. You know, I'd say for you know a, a male who's taking 50 a day, and I'd say, hey, but let's keep reevaluating. If you start to feel like like your libido is getting screwy at four weeks, maybe we'll cut it a little shorter. You know, you don't have to yeah. commit to eight weeks or and at six to eight is about what I would go to. And then for for females, I wanted to add, Dave, dosing wise, especially for a new user, especially for somebody who a lot of times Anavar is going to be the first thing they try. I go with five milligrams. Five I, is. The only reason I haven't suggested five is because it's very rarely supplied in fives over here. It's yeah. Really yeah. So if we get a tablet and it's a 10 milligram tablet, I'll be like, hey, take a and I and for females, like for guys, I'm not as I don't care as much about blood stability. And if somebody wanted to take it all at once before they train or whatever, I'm good for females. I do want to see stability because I feel like, you know, st a, a stable hormone is less likely to cause side effects. So for and I wanted to make that note, you know, specific for the ladies that I would definitely split it up like 2.5 milligrams twice a day to try to keep those levels stable to try to avoid side effects and if that worked good after four weeks then maybe go to 10 milligrams for the following four weeks and then from there take a good break you know well the, the thing is with females as well is that they're because of the way their hormone systems are small increase of androgens have a much higher effect yeah, yeah. Whereas, obviously, with males, 10 milligrams isn't scratching the surface. It's not even going to shut you down, isn't 10 milligrams? Yeah, possibly you're right, yeah. You're, you're still going to be producing natural tests with 10 milligrams. All right, it'll be reduced, but you're still going to be within the natural parameters, so you're not going to shut down. Yeah. Um, so there is a the, that is where the dosing differences come from. Females are much more sensitive to androgen increases because it's it's the way their body works. Their androgen levels are relatively low. Yeah, I mean, a, a female's upper test limit is one point four n moles. So you know, women are exposed to high androgens. Yeah, so they react much stronger to an androgen increase, even when it's only low dose. Uh, within a cycle, it would depend on totality of drugs. Um, I mean, 
I generally work in what the most common areas are of six to eight weeks. I generally run oral six and I run them at the back end of the cycle. Yeah. Uh, is it possible to run them a bit longer? Yeah, it, it is. And, and you'd probably be reasonably okay with it. But as a, as a carte blanche sort of guideline, I, I will stick with the six to eight. That sounds good. Well, listen, we could probably continue talking more about this. We have a bunch of listener questions, so uh, I am going to dive straight into them. And I'm going to start out with a question that apparently I missed more than once. Uh, thank you for your for your patience, Brett. Appreciate it. Um, he says, is it possible for compounds that you responded amazing to during younger years don't work as effectively now at an older age, factoring in the same brand and dosage? And if so, what is the theory behind this? Thanks. Right. This is not a dig at you, Brett, so please don't take this personally. But I, I have to say this because I really don't understand people with this. So I bought a drug from a bloke that makes it in his bathroom or his kitchen or his spare bedroom. He buys the raw powder from some... Oh, whoa, we don't say that word here, Dave. You're going to get us kicked right. off of YouTube. <laughs> right, some, a Chinese individual. Don't get me wrong, I, lo I love the Chinese. They send me all sorts of drugs. Um, so they, you know, he buys it from someone in China. There is no branding. There is no data sheet. There is no quality control involved at any stage in this. Yeah. The individual that's manufacturing that drug doesn't do any testing, doesn't do any on-site testing, doesn't have any quality control. He then produces a product generally done by weights and scales. So he weighs out a, a number of powder for however much he's making. Yeah. Uh, and that can vary dramatically over, over weeks, let alone months or years. For sure. I see what you're getting so, at. Using a brand that you use when you were 21 and then revisiting that brand when you're 25 has no relevance whatsoever on how good or quality that brand will be. Yeah. I can buy two vials from the same manufacturer. One of them will be good, one of them will be shit. In fact, the last week I had two guys in for Bloods, both using the same lab, both bought at the same time. They bought a botch of like six or eight vials. They split them between them. One of them's using a bump vial. One of them using good gear. Hmm. So the first thing we have a problem with, and this is the problem we have across the board when we're trying to work out the effects of what these do outside of a lab basis, is that we never have the guarantee that the drugs are dosed correctly or that they're the real deal and everything else that goes along, which always makes it a little bit awkward. Yeah. So... Please, please, every single vial you buy, even if you buy them at the same time, has the potential to be different from the vial you used before. Having put all that to one side, age, level of development, level of intensity, life stresses. When I was 21, I didn't give a fuck. Yeah. By the time I was in my 30s, I had financial pressure. I had family pressures. I had all sorts of shit going on in my life that affected the way I trained and the way I live day to day. Yeah. So there are all sorts of factors that play into this. Um, quality of drug, environment, dedication to what you do, intensity of how you train. And unfortunately, your first cycle is never repeated. Yeah. 
you know, the, the, there's nothing like that first cycle. Um, but uh, unless you have a dramatic increase in dose from previous cycles, you're never going to get that same bang for buck experience that you'll get out of your first one. Um, your development is to an extent related to your dosing. And if you've maxed out or got close to maxing out what you can get out of that level of drugs, repeating that cycle with no other variants, i.e. same training, same diet, same drugs, is not always going to yield greater results. Yeah. I've noticed, too, I've had a different response to compounds. I, I can completely relate to what you're talking about here on, on both accounts, both the inconsistency of UGLs and second, the, the tolerance almost that we build. Uh, but then I've also had compounds that like used to work really good and, and, and don't work great for me anymore. Like I, I don't tolerate D-ball the way I used to. Like my appetite gets shot really quick. And was it that I was just more hard-headed in the past and just forced myself to keep eating versus now I'm like, no, I don't like not being hungry. And you know what I mean? I don't know which it is, but I think I don't tolerate certain compounds the same way that I used to. So I definitely think there is all sorts of evolutions in how we respond to, you know, a steroid over time. In the same way we build up intolerances to food with repetitive use, in the same mm. way as our taste change as we get older, our drug responses change as we get older. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at 51 year old, if I did decide to go back on gear, I'm not going to get the responses I got when I was 40 and 35. Yeah. Because I'm 51 years old. Just simply the aging will change my ability to respond to the drugs. Because yeah. my body just is, you know, I am dying slowly, but I am dying. We all are. You know, my body is slowly fucking up more and more and cells are dying off and I'm aging and that's all part of the process. And as a result... Oh, sorry. Sorry, I didn't mean to hit that. You did. You're cheering because I'm dying, Scott. Yeah, <laughs> but we, you know, that's that's what aging is. It's just an elongated death. <laughs> it really is, unfortunately. It is. And it, so you know, it's, it, our, our ability to produce off that is is reduced. Yeah. All right. Let me see what else we got here. Um, we had a quest, all sorts of questions, man. Dude, we get so many questions, and especially we, we let's see. Hey guys, I'm going to take a brief pause to shout out our advertisers. I'm going to try to make this quick, but keep in mind they're responsible for helping us to put these shows out. If you guys want to support our programming, of course you can do so through Patreon. And thank you to everybody who supports the show through Patreon. I will have links to that below, as well as to all of our advertisers. If you shop with our advertisers, you'll get great products, products that I stand behind, and you'll also be supporting our programming. First of all, check out truenutrition.com if you're in the US. I use their hydrolyzed beef collagen every day, and I use their citrulline malate, beta alanine, and EAA on days that I train. They have high quality protein powders and tons of flavors. Hit me up if you have any questions. Use our code THINK over there. You'll get some additional savings, plus you'll support our programming, and you'll get some high quality third-party tested supplements. If you're in Canada, check out supplementsource.ca. They have blowout deals on top name brand supplements. Uh, they constantly have different things happening. So be sure to go to their site and check them out. I recently saw Carbolin for like 30 bucks off. I mean, you really can't beat those prices. Plus, they have free shipping over $99. If you're in the UK, then you probably already know about Strom Sports. They're one of the leader in health supplements in the United Kingdom. Strom Sports Nutrition has standalone supplements like NAC and Tutka, and they have finished blends like Support Max, a high-quality, well-priced, on-cycle support stat. I have links below to everything. Thanks for watching. Thanks for your support.
Okay, you quest for the next show. <laughs> I am able to get veterinary grade EQ, but it's dosed at 50 milligrams per milliliter. Is it worth using EQ at a very low dose of, say, 100 to 200 milligrams per week, or should I just get higher dose UGL EQ and take it at standard higher doses? You, you report quite good. It was mean. It was mean. You're a horrible man, but never mind. <laughs> I hate you just as much as I normally do, so it's not really adequate back to that relationship. Um, you particularly um, quite rate low-dose EQ, don't you? Uh, you know what? I don't know about low dose, but I would say 300 milligrams. I recognize that I could get more out of it than I initially thought that I could in conjunction with, a, you know, a, a good dose of test along with it. But man, that's well, a lot of pinning, well, you know, five gram of test and three. Yeah. EQ. Yeah, you gotta have, I find that the EQ works really good when you, when you couple that with two and a half grams of test per week. No, man, I feel like that would be a lot of pinning even to do 300 milligrams that's six milliliters of oil plus your test that you're doing too. Man, I just, I would rather just go to the higher dose stuff, you know? I'll make sure. I'll make sure. All right. If it was the only thing he'd get his hands on, let me ask you this. What do you think the minimum dose is of EQ that you can get good benefits from that would make it at least worth taking? I would have said he's probably about there, two to 300. Yeah. 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 All right. Let's see. Question. This question may not exactly may not be exactly on point with this video. Um, oh, okay. It seems individual SARMs are highly selective at very low doses, and selectivity is lost as dosages increase. So let's say that Osterine is highly selective when taken individually at three milligrams or less. Let's also say the same is true for LGD. S23, S4, and RAD140. If one were to take, we'll just say, you know, low doses of all these compounds combined, combined simultaneously uh, for a level of 15 milligrams of SARMs, would selectivity be lost the same as if one were to take 15 milligrams of only one SARM? Now, right. I thought this is an interesting question, and I think the same could probably apply to anabolic steroids, right? I'm not that good with SARMs, but I do know that RAD140 is not particularly selective. The most selective of the SARMs are the original two, Osterine and Androdine. So MK286 and Androdine S4. Um, the, the brief of a SARM was to produce a tissue-selective anabolic agent that didn't cause shutdown and they've never managed to get it 100% right. Um, I'm not sure where the three milligrams come from, and this is, I generally don't know, so you may have data or knowledge way beyond what I have on this subject. Um, I'm not sure where the three milligram comes from. That seems a particularly low dose. Um, my understanding is that um, they have either been very good at selective tissue or they've been very good at being non-suppressive, but they struggle to get them to do both. Hmm. And as they've tried to make them stronger, they've actually gone further and further away. So stuff like yeah. that one for um, MK or, or YK11. YK11 was the one I was going to say, yeah are, yeah. are both 
much stronger sounds from a muscle building property, but they're much more broad spectrum effect. Yeah. Um. So it's just, I get it. You you don't want prostate effects. You don't want impacts on other areas of the body. But even at fifteen milligrams, are you really going to get much out of them? Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, you're really going to yeah. have to be super, super on point um, in order to get much potential from from Psalms like that. And I just, I just, I can't see the real world relevance. I see it as a nice little science experiment. Okay. And I've, you know, and it's interesting whether that would work, etc. But I just don't see any real world point to it. Yeah, it, it made me wonder. Because I thought it was an interesting question. No, I, I do. And, and, and from look that at, point of view, I find it interesting, yes. And I wonder how would that apply, say, to anabolic steroids? Because I can tell you this. What I discovered was, you know, my as I was cycling, I cycled Test and DECA together. And it shut me down terribly. Like, it was a, a very suppressive cycle for me. I had a difficult time recovering from that. A lot harder than previous cycles, which were test only or, or test in D-ball. So, this was mm -hmm. a test deck of D-ball. Man, it was tough. So, after that, I was kind of, I felt burnt. And I was like, you know what? I got burnt by that DECA. What if instead of just using 500 test, 400 DECA, I used 900 test instead? And guess what? Well, I ended up using a gram because they were uh, Omnidrin 250s. Guess what, man? I got the worst freaking side effects. I got the worst acne of my life from that cycle, but I didn't get that from the DECA. And so I guess it's an interesting question because if you can get less side effects by combining two compounds at a lower dose, I, I do think there could be something to that, I guess, is what I'm saying. Oh. I get that, you know? but I just think there's a minimum effective dose, and I don't I think agree. a total dose of 15 milligrams is going to be that effective. So I agree completely. In, in, in that essence, I mean, you're talking, there's a big difference between a gram of test. <laughs> 15 milligrams and, of combined SARMs. And five times <laughs> three milligram dosings of SARMs. Isn't it? I mean, they're worlds apart. Yeah, but I yeah, totally I mean, agree. The thing is with drug selection, and this is going a bit off topic, but I think it's still relevant. Drugs have effects. We term the effects that we don't like as side effects, but actually they're not. They're all effects. So drugs do very set things. Test converts to estrogen. That never changes. It always does that. Yeah. It doesn't matter who you stick it in, it will convert from test to estrogen. How much converts does depend on the individual and stuff like genetics, body fat levels, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But that process is set. That's what happens. Yeah. The levels that become negative to an individual are, again, personal and circumstantial. So the first thing is when you look at drugs is you need to learn what the fuck they do. Once you know what they do, you can then use that as a rough guide as to what may work or not work for you. So for argument's sake, if you are a fat fuck and you're sensitive to gyno, then a conversion drug, so test, ball, those sort of things, is going to convert at a higher rate because you've got high levels of body fat, which means you're going to get high levels of estrogen, and you know you're sensitive to estrogen. It's going to cause you problems. Yeah, maybe not a good idea. So, 
So then you either think that's not a good idea or I have to be very wary on my estrogen management if I want to run that drug. And it becomes a, a risk to reward ratio in every case. You know, if you struggle with nandrolones because of the impact on dopamine and therefore you get depression from it, then you know you need to be very wary of, of, of nandrolones because they lower dopamine. It's what they do. They don't change in person. It just depends on the individual or you take supplements that are going to increase your dopamine to try and counteract that. Yeah. Namely, Kerber. So there are there are set things, and it's a case of selecting the right tool for the right job. Um, you pick your cycle, you factor in what you want to achieve, what the drugs do, what your experience is, what your body type is, and what your health markers are. So for argument's sake, if you're going and looking doing a cycle and you've got your HDL at half level and your LDL is already high, a prime example is I wouldn't be considering Anavar. Yeah, because it's going to fuck your HDL even worse, and it's going to push your LDL up even more. So there are lots of different facets that need to be considered, but you're going to you're going to build on this over time, which is why we start with one compound. I like that. We learn how that affects our body. There are certain drugs that have a little bit of a sliding scale. Now I've known a lot of people, and I know other people have reported the same, where low dose Deca causes them problems. But when they start going high dose, all those problems go away. And, and I think that's just because THN levels get so high that the actual volume of DHN overcompensates for the fact that it's a weaker compound. But um, so when it comes to drug selection and drug choices, you need to learn what the drugs do in the first instance. The issue is that with certain compounds particularly, we're still learning uh, and, and that is a problem. But that's where the community can help each other because if you share your experiences and you do it in a, at least a semi-scientific way in that you have some controls and some consistencies, then we all learn of the potential reactions that people can have to drugs. Yeah. Hey, I got a question for you. Mm -hmm. Look what I found. This is on my YouTube uh, yesterday. Oh, with Jamie. Yeah, yeah, for the audio listeners, it's a YouTube video. It's got a picture of Big Dave flexing his biceps that he had filled up with oil for all the all, with SEO for all those years. Simple as <laughs> This is expert insight info into a pro bodybuilder's blood work. Dave Crossland eval blood analysis with Jamie Christian, aka the Giant. I haven't watched it yet, but it looks it looks good. Hour long discussion with him, huh? That looks good. I was actually quite surprised because Jamie did use his latest blood results. It was all genuine. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. I didn't think. I mean, I know he's retired as a pro, but I was still I was still very pleasantly surprised at his honesty about revealing. Not everybody is so truthful. You showed me that are one they post. Are they, are they fuck? No. You showed me that one post. We won't get into yeah. it. Oh, wow. Wait, <coughs> how, how, that, that, was, that was funny as fuck. Um, I'll give people the general gist. So someone put up a very long-winded post about people accusing him of steroid use and, and this, that, and the other. <laughs> and it went on quite a bit. It was well-labored. And I sent Scott a, shot, a screenshot of his post with a screenshot of the conversations he was having with me about running the highest, biggest cycle he could, and he wanted to really hammer the gear. <laughs> <laughs> we 
Man, people. That said, we did get people who, oh, wow, you went out of focus there. What happened there, Dave? Um, There you go. You're back. I think it, it's getting dark over there. It's getting dark earlier. You look like you're yeah. in a, a cave now. We need to get it's you a little light. Stupid as it sounds, this end of the office actually has no light. Really? Huh. So there's a light at that end. Yeah. Uh, there's two lights at that end, but there's yeah. none at this end. Huh. Interesting. Anyway, I, I'm getting sidetracked here. I'll I'll get back to the topics at hand because we will probably guys we're probably not going to be able to get through all of these. So just a heads up on that. Um, hey guys, awesome show as always. What do you think of a test sip Deca Anivar cycle? Uh, what would you recommend for dosage and duration? And reference, I am currently on 240 milligrams weekly for TRT, and that lands me at 1200. Uh, total test in 30 free test. You didn't know what TT and FT was for a second then, did you? No, it took me a minute. I was like, TT, <laughs> total test and free test. And I'm like, yeah, I got it. I got it. I can do this thing. <laughs> that seems a lot. For, I mean, obviously, he is top end of range, but it seems a lot. Does that to just achieve 1,200? Yeah, in the free test, man, I feel like... Man, if I had a so when I've done lab work with the the TRT plus using not a lot of tests but adding a little master on my free test is like five hundred. <laughs> That's our good old SHPG suppression. There we go. Um, with no actual indication of level of development, previous experience, it's a bit of a difficult shot in the dark. Yeah. I personally like medium low test, medium to high decker. So I would run sort of 300 tests to 400 tests and, and maybe up to a gram of decker if you were going to go that far. Ooh, wow. Or, or or 600. So a total dosing of you know 900 to a gram. That would be where I would be at with it. Um, I wouldn't really bother with Anavar on the test and decker cycle for me. Um, I'd it's not very well add because obviously orals have a different route of mechanism because they don't generally go through the AR. So it, it is it is viable to add an oral into a cycle, but I, I would probably on that case just leave it out. And if I were to, it would be D-ball or Oxy toward the end. I like Oxy with, uh, with Test and Decker, I must I, admit. As I long as you go... can handle the appetite suppression, I, I really like Oxy with Test and Decker. I'm one of the people that go higher with the test. So uh, I, I don't know what his normal dosing is. So that it's ho so hard to say. Because like, mm. I think in these cases, it would help to know uh, a lot more information. Like, well, what's your cycle experience like? If he's never run gear before, you know, or he's only done like a 300 milligram cycle, then I wouldn't tell him to run a, you know, 500, 800 test or something. But if he's well seasoned, I still go higher test than DECA usually. And I'd be so like... 600 cool. test, 400 DECA, and then maybe some Anadrol in there toward the end. Or actually, Anadrol would be like breaking through plateaus for mid-cycle, a couple weeks at a time, then a little bit of time off from that, and then a couple mm. weeks at a time kind of thing, and only on training days. See, I like to start low as well, so I would probably start 300, 300, then I'd go 300, say 400, 500, and then oh. last six weeks I'd go full dose. Okay. Hmm. All right. Let's see what else we got here. We'll try to whip through a few of these. Um, 
he says, uh, question for the next episode. There is a theory out there that insulin, HGH, and somewhat high estrogen build up IGF, which gives permanent gains due to hyperplasia. It takes about a couple of years to transform the body to another level, supposedly, and the gains are permanent, even when on nothing at all. Uh, would really appreciate uh, your feedback on this. Thanks, guys. I can't comment on the insulin growth and high estrogen theory at all because I don't know. It's quite simple. I just don't know. What I can comment on is permanent gains is an absolute load of bollocks. We need like a dramatic sound effect there that goes dun, dun, dun. Well, it's quite simple. It's this. If you gain muscle mass, yes, and your body accepts that tissue as established, fine. Yeah. Then that is what your body accepts as being normal. Yeah. But if you don't consume enough calories and you don't exercise, your yeah. body will metabolize that muscle tissue and get rid of it because that's what the human body does. Yeah. So there's no drug combo that's going to make you massive that then if you sit on your ass and never train again, you're going to maintain that mass. You will need some form of exercise to help maintain that mass. Yeah. That's my only argument. Um, so unless it's been taken a little bit too literally and it just means that, you know, if you maintain diet and exercise, you will hold gain. But you'll do that with any fucking anabolic if you do it right. Yeah. But I guess what they're talking about is, and so the, there is the reality of hyperplasia, uh, yeah, replication of cells. And, and yeah. you know, I would try to help this guy out. Well, versus uh, hypertrophy, the expansion of the existing cells. I remember Scott Stevenson had talked about um, people who had gained muscle. And it turned out when they did a muscle biopsy that there were some people that had grown muscle, but their cell sizes were the same as like average size guys so that would point to hyperplasia, hyperplasia. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it really exists but the point is that your body will dis you will use up will get rid of excess tissue if it's not required yeah uh, you know so you can have all the muscle in i mean this is where the the old idea that muscle turns to fat comes from oh, because yeah. you maintain the calories so you're in an excess, so you gain weight, but your body starts to metabolize the muscle tissue or cannibalize the muscle tissue because it's no longer required. And your body is a lazy fucker and won't maintain shit it doesn't need. Yeah, it's it's very uh, nutritionally expensive or, or we'll say energy expensive to so maintain muscle, muscle mass. Yeah. It, it would make a lot more sense. Your body is real economic and it wants to get rid of anything it's not using muscle wise mm. because it, it that means it's like less to maintain, less lights to keep on in the house, you know? Mm. It wants to be as like frugal as possible. So it does take a, a lot of work, you know? But yeah, I mean, real muscle, sure. I, I do think that over the long haul, that you're going to get some benefit between a combo of growth hormone, insulin, and steroids. You know, I, I'm, yeah, just like anything else. You know, but I don't think it's a magic formula. That's my whole point. I don't sure. think it's anything that's a magic formula. I think 
you know, I've used growth, I've used insulin at high doses, I've used steroids at high doses, and yes, I do maintain a reasonable amount of muscle mass. I don't maintain strength, but I still have a good, well-developed arm. I still have some muscle mass. Yes, it's covered with a lot of fat. We won't go into that conversation. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I, I mean, I still maintain a decent muscle mass, but I've never really, apart from initially when I stopped everything, I've maintained some form of training. It's not been intense, mm. but it's been there. Yeah. Um, and there's no doubt that I've had hyperplasia occur in my heart, my arms, because they maintain mass probably more than anywhere else does. Yeah. Obviously, it could just be the synthol, but we will discuss that later today before <laughs> someone says it. Some, some fucker's going to say it. He is. Um, but... You know, at the same time, obviously, you've also got satellite cell donation, which, as far as we're aware at this point, can maintain for over 10 years. Hmm. So you've got all these other building blocks that are set in place that remain post, enabling you to either regain or maintain large amounts of muscle mass. So I don't think there's a secret formula between high estrogen, insulin, and HGH in, in a case of building muscle mass that is retained better than if you just had, you know, normal anabolics. Um, but I am a great believer in that estrogen is a very effective tool to getting massive. Yeah, I would agree. All right, we've got two more real quick questions. Um, and then unfortunately guys, I wish we could get to everything. We just, we don't have enough time. We were trying to get caught back up. So I apologize if we didn't get to your question. I'd love to hear Dave's thought on building a cycle for a competition in Strongman. Um, so far I've had the best results from test EQ meant halo. Um, would you change add anything? Man, that's a hell of a combo right there. I, I, I think with Strongman, it's a nice, solid anabolic base, and then closer to the show, ramp your androgens up to get more performance on the day, and, and that's pretty much what I would be looking to do. Your choices around that are individual to you, but I would have a nice anabolic base, and then, like I say, coming into comp, bring the androgens up. Uh, that could be in the form of Tren if you tolerate it, or Halo. Oxys, all those sort of drugs are going to increase your strength coming into the comp. The problem is you don't want to be running through the whole cycle because by the time you get to the comp, you're going to be toxic and you're going to be a bit knackered and fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. I like if you can handle Ment. He's had good experiences with Ment. In that case, I say Ment is great. So I would start that test in EQ earlier. Not sure how early he wants to start. And then as you get closer the ment would come in in that last say six week window and that halo yeah. would come in right toward the end you know yeah last, I agree. last couple weeks something like that it's completely it meant it's a lovely power drug all right so i have one more question for you dave uh, if you could be if you could be any actually i have two questions if you could be any animal what kind of animal would you be this important question Mm, I don't really have one because there's so many variances. There's a lot um, of animals in the world. There is. There is. Um, if I could be any animal, which one I know what I'd be. Uh, and have you drawn it, I wonder? 
See, I, I, I quite, I quite like the potential of being a whale. A whale? Hmm. You've never drawn a whale, have you? No, but then again, I wouldn't be going anywhere near China or Norway. <laughs> You'd get eaten. You get destroyed. Hey guys, I don't know if you've seen any of Dave's pictures. This is one of Dave's pictures that he drew. Um, Here's another one. I like it. Again, I suppose if you remove the human element, yeah. And I think elephants quite a good one. Here's another elephant. Nice social circle, nice family group packs. They're smart animals too. They are smart animals. Um, I like rhinos. Could be a rhino. Oh. Here's a rhino. Well, this is a close-up of a rhino. Hippo. Hippo? Yeah. Hippo, hey, let me ask yeah. you something. This lion picture, how big is the original? 50 centimeters by 52 centimeters. I don't know what that means. That's like that's literally a foreign language to me. I speak in inches. 22-ish inch, 20, 22-inch square, okay. roughly. So like almost two by two feet. That's, that's a nice size. The only reason I know is because I had to measure it for someone the other day. And that's the reason I know. <laughs> All right. And final question of the day. Important episodes, important questions for this episode of drugs and stuff. Uh, we were asked this on It's Just Bodybuilding when we recorded that yesterday. If you had to live in a world where everything was hot or everything was cold, that includes showers, the temperature, your food, everything is either going to be too hot or too cold and you could still survive it's not like it's just uncomfortable which do you prefer cold me too you can always put on another jacket right mm, i'm not I, I don't cope with heat particularly well even though i do tend to go to hot countries for holidays <laughs> um i don't cope with heat amazingly well so i i i enjoy sort of 20 to 24 25 when we start going above that it's like fuck that i'm going inside and sitting in the air conditioning yeah you guys don't have air conditioning over there i learned not generally you know, businesses offices retail yes because domestically not so much we have uh central ac in every house here mm. and in this house we crank that shit and my office is in the basement so i have to wear sweaters in the summertime I like that. Oh, and I do have one more. This was from one of our listeners. Uh, many thanks for answering my questions, guys. Uh, one for Dave. Would Eval ever look into opening a UK TRT clinic? This is a very difficult one. Um, I have the facility to do it already. I have prescribers. Yeah. I have a pharmacist. I have everything I need. My issue is that I would because of my background, because mm. of people that know me and what they know me for, that a vast majority of people that would approach would be bodybuilders looking for pharma gear for their bridges, for their TRTs and cruisers. You would be under a lot of scrutiny is what you're saying. And that is not how it runs. So mm. I have done TRT for people, but they are genuine. I monitor it incredibly closely. And if they start going out of range, I cut them off immediately. So are you advertising right now? Are you saying no, reach out to Dave? No, no. Go to evalbloodanalysis.com. No, no, not at all. Because I don't, want to start upset. I don't want to start upsetting people by saying no. Yeah, I understand and, and, that. And the, the bottom line is there are plenty of good TRT companies out there. Optimail is a decent company. Go go to Alistair Optimail. 
Okay. Um, it, it's yes, we can do it. Yes, I have done it for selective, very special people. But in general, I don't want to do it. I don't want to advertise it because I've I will just get hammered with guys. Yeah. You know, I want you know, and it's like, and then we we test bloods and and it's it's fucked up and it's like you've got that whole issue to then do. I'd rather just not go there. Yeah, I, I can understand that. What it's, about your analysis stuff? I know that you guys were going to start doing your own lab work. You had mentioned on the last episode. Yeah, so um, we should be up and running. Accreditation is applied for. We should be up and running as in viable commercial by the end of November. Um, and I expect accreditation will follow very shortly afterwards. Very nice. Oh, and one last thing then, uh, Pillars of Strength. Are you running a new one anytime soon? So we're on a course now. We're just going into week four this week. Uh, I have already got one pencil for January, but I haven't got a set start date yet, which I've got a couple of people put deposits okay. down for. Um, I mean, obviously, it's close to Christmas. People aren't wanting to spend the money, and I, I get that. I, I really do. Yeah. Um, we're looking at doing one in January. Uh, the course is 600 quid. It's a £50 deposit. Uh, it's limited to 10 people. Um, but you can pay in installments. So as long as you've paid 200 by the start of the course, you can fit the rest in over the course. And how many weeks long is it? Seven. Okay. So seven weeks. Each week you do a video lecture on Zoom with them. We do and a live video lecture on Zoom, yeah. That's recorded. They get that as a recording. Yeah. And then there's, there's handouts and, and various bits and bats that go with that. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. So week one is course introduction, diet, mental health management, sleep recovery. Week two is stimulation. So training, and you get a video library of training techniques. And there are, you can call it homework, but it's, there are stuff that you have to do. Yeah. Week three, we introduce anabolics in the form of how anabolics work, metabolic, anabolic actions, receptors, uh, satellite cells, non-genomic, genomic, um, increase of contractual proteins, all this sort of stuff about how gear works. Yeah. Then we go on to compounds themselves and okay. what the compounds do and how they do. And you get a, I think it's about an 80-page document with lists of compounds and everything that they do in them. Um, and then we go on to blood work and you get a template showing you what all the different blood markers means. And off the back of that, we do cycle design, and then we do mental health impacts on the brain, and then the last week is open forum. Okay. Well, sounds good. So anyway, guys, if you want to sign up for that, now's the time. Reach out to Dave, right? Go to crosslands.org.uk. You can find his email there. Hit him up on social media. If you guys want to reach out to me for coaching, go to McNallyDiets at gmail.com. You can reach out to me there. I'd be happy to send you information about contest prep, non-competitors, everything else off-season. Um, and uh, go to our great sponsors, truenutrition.com. Use our code THINK. I didn't mention them at the beginning, but uh, supplementsource.ca for those of you in Canada. I just looked up a pretty good deal on some collagen there for our Canadian listeners. And uh, of course, go to Strom Sports Nutrition for a lot of great supplements if you're also in the UK. And we already mentioned eval blood analysis. Com. Get your TRT done by Dave. Right, Dave? <laughs> if no, I don't. get a shitload of fucking emails out about TRT, I swear I am going to fucking hunt you down and torment you for the rest of your life. <laughs>